Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. Today's guest is a best-selling author of real estate on your terms, create continuous cash flow now without using your own cash or credit. He's also the founder of smartrealestatecoach.com and the Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast. He's been in real estate for over 25 years, tons of experience, including the construction of over 100 single-family and duplex homes starting in the 90s, and has owned a realty executive's franchise as a broker owner. So well-accomplished individual. Huge welcome to Mr. Chris Prefontaine. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to diving in here. Awesome. So we're in you know, quite unique times right now, you know, interest rates all over the place, people in and out of the stock market, not quite sure what to do. You know, first question, is now a good time to invest in real estate? It's the hot question right now, right? Okay. So here's my take on this after going through three cycles that I was involved in and witnessing others. And that is the market's going to keep changing, right, Andrew? It's always going to change. So it's not about, oh, do I time the market? Like I have people sitting on their hands for the last four years waiting for a change. It's going to always change. What you want to do is get super comfortable, proficient, skilled at structuring deals in all markets. So when I came out of the crash of 08, that's exactly how we designed it to literally thrive in all markets. So I love what's going on right now. It was a little hard to harvest deals when things were flying off the shelves in 21 post-COVID. But I will tell you that the market, the seller's mindset and conversations have totally shifted in the last 90 days with this interest rate change. So I think it could not be better if you're in the right niche. I'm biased to the terms niche, creative real estate niche, because you can structure any deal you want. So long answer. I hope that answered you. Absolutely. So let's dive in a little deeper. How does one get comfortable with, you know, either structuring a deal or getting comfortable with uncertainty? What does one do? What steps would you take? Here's like a three-step formula that I say to everyone because I'm not so naive to think everybody wants to do terms-ish, right? I get that. So no matter where you want to be in real estate, do this. Do these simple three steps. One, get behind a niche that you can get passionate about. And I say that because there's some niches that I couldn't. Like, you know, some people love sitting on the computer and just doing something with land and flipping land. Okay, great. If that's your personality. Other people like building homes. Great if you like the one paycheck transaction. Okay, but find a niche and get behind, step one. Step two, very important, find someone in that niche because there's a lot of shiny objects in real estate, but find someone who's been through a bunch of cycles. In my world, I have, but when I say cycles, personally and economically, so that you know when you have a headache because they're common, then you can go to them and lean on them. And then also make sure you're morally and ethically attached with them because I know people, Andrew, I'm sure you do, that built a monster business, real estate or not, and lost their family over it, or got a divorce, right. or lost their kid. You know, it's not worth it. So make sure you align. And then third and last, make sure you commit. Now, this is important in real estate, especially. Commit for 36 months bare minimum with blinders on. It doesn't mean it takes you 36 months to do a deal. What it means is if I know you commit to me, at least verbally, I know when a curveball comes and I help you through it, you're still here. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go, oh, it didn't work and go to another shiny object because that happens too much in real estate. And what happens is they never get to the end zone. So again, a long answer, but that's how you get started 
in any niche in real estate, use that three-step formula. I really like that, especially the last part about committing. I'm just curious, why 36 months and not 12 yeah. or 48? Like, How did you land on three years? Yeah, I'll give you both ends of the spectrum here. Simply put, one year is not enough. We had Great. a student in Colorado, and it's happened more than this, but this is an extreme example. Chad is his name. Chad took, Andrew, 12 months. Like It took him the full 12 months to do his first deal, and then he did three owner financing deals, all six figures each in what we call the three paydays in our system. That's amazing. So if he thought, oh, 12 months is the marker originally, he might have stopped short and blamed himself. He was fine. He just needed to work through some other mental stuff and get there. And then on the other end, I'm sure you heard of, and some of the younger listeners, maybe not, but Brian Tracy was on my podcast. He's in his 80s. And I gave him my philosophy of three years. And he was the first guy that said, no, 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 it's not three years. I said, what do you mean? He like challenged me. He said, it's seven years. He said, I've been broke. I've been rich. It takes two or three years, you're going to suck. It takes two or three years, you'll feel adequate. And then you make your yeah. fortune. And I actually looked back and went, oh, that was pretty cool. So it's three to seven in my book. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, I try to emphasize to anybody who reaches out to me after a podcast or, you know, someone looking to get in the game, they're like, this is not a short-term thing. This is not a one to, for me, when I'm looking at properties, I'm looking at pitching a deal to investors, I'm thinking, I want to be doing this for 20 or 30 years, right? So yeah, exactly the fact that you, know, you look back in the last year or two, yeah, I've made some accomplishments. And, and a lot of us are not really happy. We measure ourselves against others. These guys that are, you know, doing thousands of deals, right? That's not the right way to do it. You got to look long-term, you know, look at the small wins here, there and build momentum from those, right? So you can relate to that as a coach. As I well. love, I love how you said it because here's an example, extreme again, but this happens every month in our community. I teach the same thing, right? Skill set wise. This is how you do a deal. This is how you do it on financing a subject to, et cetera. But why does it take some people 30 days and some people like chat a year? It's everything else. And you're like, you have baggage, you have stuff. We all do. It's everything else. It's the mental part of the game that you're not aware of until you get in the trenches. So yeah, you're spot on. So you mentioned owner and seller financing, you know, big part of your background. You've had a lot of success there. In today's market, you know, I know things are challenging. Are you still finding success with owner financing? Yeah. So here's why though. We look for owner financing. There's a niche below that and that's free and clear. No mortgage. Mm -hmm. About a third of the properties are free and clear. And what we found in this market, these are just, and I'll give you some metrics for how profitable, but what we found in this market is they're usually not in the market. They presumably don't need the cash. They would have already pulled out of their house. So they're set up well. They're financially savvy usually. And they're great candidates for creative deals. They actually appreciate it because we can get them a higher number if they'll give us our term. The building we bought and you're right in town here. I've been in it now since 18, but I bought that from a savvy real estate, the biggest landowner in the area. He's since passed, mm. but he structured an owner financing deal with me and didn't want conventional, didn't want to get paid out for estate planning and tax reasons. Yeah. So they get it. They totally get it. So yes, they're still available. So are you applying this primarily to single family, multifamily development, all the above? Okay. Again, I wish it was an easier answer. So good question. <laughs> so I teach from the, so to speak, from national level, from the stage, whatever, as an acronym, I teach single family because okay. of what I said earlier, the shiny objects are crazy. But once you get the single family deal structuring down, you can do on a financing, you can do lease purchase, you can do all these methods with boats, planes, buildings, it doesn't matter. So that building is a mixed use building. I bought the same way I'd buy a house, mm. but I want to get you proficient in a segment of the market that I know is going to keep churning because people aren't going to stop getting married and getting houses. 
and people aren't going to stop having credit problems as long as the banks are being more challenging. And this is who we help. This is fantastic. That's great. No, I love the way you frame that. It's universal, right? What are your favorite or most effective ways to reach out to motivated sellers? What have you find to be the most powerful, impactful? Yeah, I know a lot of people teach in a lot of niches, mailers. Mm-hmm. I just, it's expensive. And when I came out of the crash, I couldn't rub two dimes together, so I couldn't do mailings. So what we've built our model on is we've built it for the startup person. We've built it to say, we'll teach you how to use the phone. And eventually, or right away for some people, you'll have a virtual assistant who will do those calls for you about 10 hours a week. And they reach out to who? They reach out to expired listings. Now those are coming back hot and heavy for sale by owners and for rent by owners. Those are our primary three. Notice I didn't even get to the free and clear yet because usually in in any one given market, those three will keep you quite busy depending on your goals. And if we got to reach beyond that, we're going to go free and clear next because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we talked a lot about the single family space. Is that your favorite asset class or are you dabbling in other areas? I mean, you talked about the focus piece, but is that your, your I guess, favorite for lack of a better term, asset class? Um, in our family company, because we kind yeah. of teach what we do, we do have at any one time 50 or 60 singles and then pointedly properties like my buildings was a phenomenal deal in, in long-term play, as well as four and six units that we might do in our IRA and things like that. So We'll just sit as a team and go, hey, it's time to go ahead and pointedly look for X. And it might be a six unit or a 10 unit, but primarily it's singles. Yeah, because it's the most hands off for what we trademark to be the three paydays on any given deal. But again, you can do this on anything. What have you found to be, you know, single family can be a lot of work if you're trying to self-manage. What have you found yeah. the most effective way to scale into the dozens or hundreds for an individual getting started? Is it you know, outsourcing property management? Is it something else, combination of? We don't manage them because 98% of our exits, I'll say 95% of our exits, Andrew, are rent-to-own clients okay. who were pre-qualified by a loan officer who actually are buyers looking to buy and can get to the finish line. And I say that very carefully because you can go on podcasts today. I've been on them where I've been interviewed and listened to the shows beforehand and heard other mentors saying, literally saying publicly Hey, I put buyers in my home, rent own. I don't care if they have a buy. And if they default, I kick them out and get another one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, That's wow. so bad morally and ethically. Yeah. So my son, Nick, runs the buyers. He's the buyer specialist and he will not put you in the home. If you're not qualified through our system to say, hey, yeah, this person can do it. They can get to the finish line. If not, they're not getting in. So the big difference in how we operate. Awesome. So can someone get started using your system on a part-time basis with a full-time job? Is that possible? Most are. Yeah, most are. It's funny. I was just listened to a strategy call. We do strategy calls. And I was just listening to one my son-in-law did with a gentleman who is very active in the tech space, but has done well and saved money to buy houses. And he asked that question. And the answer is literally almost 100% of our students come into us with a job. And most of them come in saying, show me an exit plan. I call it planning your escape. Yeah. Show me an exit plan. Some want to do it in a year, some two years, but we give you a very, very predictable plan. All you do is follow it. And yeah, it's awesome. It's simply awesome. What does that transition look like? You know, the exit plan, you know, from starting with your first, second, fifth property to doing it full time. What does that look like? What should you plan for? Well, if I'm understanding, if I'm tracking with you, I think the beginning is there's not a lot you can do in more than like five or 10 hours in the beginning, right? You're just getting started. Like if you said, I got 40 hours, I'd go, okay, we're going to be a little bored unless you just don't mind being on the phone all day. So at first, five or 10 hours is awesome. And then, 
I'm going to be clear if I'm coaching you or my team, we have coaches too. I'm going to be clear on how much money you need to bank or how much money you need to see ahead of you to go ahead and make that transition. And then with that in mind, geared with that, so to speak, I'm going to help you with a plan to slowly ramp up a, your team, right. Mm-hmm. When you can cash flow it and B your schedule so that eventually you become the CEO and you're not just in the trenches. But what's really cool, Andrew is, you know, for 18 of my 30, I'm 31 years in the business this September. And for 18 of those years, I did what most people do. I bought conventionally. I got paid once to do a deal. Now they were good paychecks, but I had to do it over again and start January. Right. So when a part-timer comes to us and we show them how to get paid three times on a deal, and you're talking lucrative deals, like 50 to 250 grand per deal. Once we show them that, it doesn't take a boatload of deals to make a transition when done properly, if you can imagine that. Right. Yeah. It adds up quickly at those kind of numbers. Depending on where you're at, it may take you know, a year, two years, five years, but yeah, yeah that's pretty powerful. So you mentioned 31 years, really impressive. What would you tell yourself you know, 25, 30 years ago? What was the one or two things you wish you had known then? Well, to answer that, I think I look at, look at the worst times I've ever had. One of them was 08, the crash. And then I took that mentally. I said the mental game is so important. I took that mentally to mean, oh, I guess I can't do it anymore after 18 years. So one of them is the mental game. And how do you get help there? You align with coaches, whether it's real estate or mindset. You just, whatever you need in the next six months or year, you find someone that can provide that. It's already been there. There's nothing, nothing in real estate that hasn't been done. We happen to trademark some things and do some cool systems that are duplicatable, but everything we do individually has been done. Like I'm talking owner financing, you can read about it from the 1600s. It's been a while. Wow. So yeah, so if I had to tell me, like I would tell myself that at every level, there's someone to help you if you just reach out. That's number one. Number two is pay attention to the mental game more so than you think. Even if you're thinking, yeah, I get it. I got to work on that. No, way more than you think because that's what stops people, the mental game. Yeah. So back to the making connections, finding someone who can help you. What's your favorite way to do that? How does someone do that? Is it meetup events? Is it online forums? There's a million ways. What are your top methods? You know what I do? And I've always done this one. I've always done. I'll read a book and I'll reach out to that person. I'll give you numerous examples right now. I had a guy on a podcast. He was a guest of mine Mm -hmm. about two and a half years ago. Someone booked him on the podcast. I almost thought, why is this guy in my podcast? He built a fitness brand, but I took him as a guest. And I thought, okay, I'll see what happens. Come to find out, Peter built a fitness brand, the largest in the world. Fast forward two and a half years, he's a 10% partner in our company. So I just, I reached out and said, I read your book and thanks for being on the podcast. Sincerely complimented him and said, could you spend some time with me? If you do that with any book you read, I will tell you that I'd be hard pressed to say someone didn't answer me on one of my reach outs. Yeah, that's a, any author will tell you that too. That's an excellent tip. It's, I've read dozens of books, if not you know, maybe in the hundreds over a couple of years. I've never once done that. And you know, it's funny, it, it sounds so simple, but I bet you a very small percentage of people actually take the time to drop a note and say, hey, I enjoyed it, or would you love to be? They don't. That's yeah. an awesome tip. They don't. Like John Gordon, I don't know if you read his stuff. He writes parables. Like he's written like 40 parables in the business world, John Gordon. And he's actually from not far from you. He's from originally from Jersey. And I read like four or five of them, had my team read four or five. And I said, what am I doing? I reach out to this guy. Great guy. He's been on my podcast and hopefully I'll do a book someday with him. But you just got to reach out. That's all you got to do. I love that. No, there's one takeaway I'll remember for today. It's got to be one. 
That's awesome. So more of a fun question for those who are listening to audio only. Chris in the, his background has a banner above his door. It says wicked smart. I'm trying to do my best New England impression there. Or yeah. What's the significance there? I got to ask. So my wife came up with the name Smart Real Estate Coach back in 2014 when I just started it by myself, right? Since then, we've grown. We have a CMO and all kinds of marketing going on. And Wicked Smart, as you know, is New England, right? It's particularly Boston. Correct. And Ryan, who is creative director then, but now he's our CMO, thought of Wicked Smart. We now have a group of companies. We have Wicked Smart Finance. We have Wicked Smart. We've trademarked the name. You got a brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So Smart Real Estate Coach lives and it's our DBA, but the company is Wicked Smart. Awesome. So rounding on the end here, what's your favorite way to give back? Two things. One is on occasion, we'll have a veteran or someone hang out on our free sit downs who just needs help, just can't get in the community yet. And I love helping them, whether it be free calls or whatever it is. Secondly, my son, Nick was in a snowboard accident in 03. He was in a coma. The doctor told us he wouldn't walk, talk or eat again on his own. He's in the company doing well. You would never know. But back then, the hospital saved his life, and that was Franciscans in Boston, Brighton, Massachusetts. So we still, to this day, a piece of every single person that joins us goes over to them and adds up quite significantly. So we continue to do that because that's just really close to our family. Wow. That's awesome. That's really great. So Chris, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. How can listeners get in touch with you and what's your call to action for those listening? Well, first of all, the regular website is smartrealestatecoach.com. But as I told Andrew before the show, we put together a link just for Andrew's listeners. So you guys can go. And by the way, I'm going to give you our books, our best-selling hardcover, hard copy, but it's not one of those offers where you got to put your credit card in for shipping. We will ship it. The whole package costs us about 18, 20 bucks. Go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash crushing cash flow. So wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash crushing cash flow. Now that's going to take a little bit to me, all right? So if you want to jump on and you don't mind listening to me for an hour, go to our free class. Again, I'm big on free. I want you to know that you want it. And if not, it's okay. Go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash master's class. So awesome. Listeners, now is your chance to get wicked smart. So (laughs) take advantage. Thanks so much, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.